Hello, I'm Emily Hawthorne, a Middle East and North Africa analyst at Stratfor, a RAIN company. This podcast is brought to you by Stratfor Worldview, RAIN's premier digital publication for objective geopolitical intelligence and analyses. Sign up for the free Stratfor newsletter at worldview.stratfor.com. Hello, I'm Ryan Bowl, a senior Middle East and North Africa analyst at Stratfor, a RAIN company. This podcast is brought to you by RAIN Intelligence. This week, I'm here with Clara Barakville, our sub-Saharan Africa analyst, to discuss the ongoing impacts of the Russian invasion of Ukraine on her region. Clara, great to be with you. Hi, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, so we know that one of the implications of the war is increasing global commodity prices. So how is this being felt in sub-Saharan Africa, an area that's particularly vulnerable to fluctuations in commodities? Yeah. So, you know, as you just said, high commodity prices for everyday goods like food and fuel um, were prevalent throughout sub-Saharan Africa before the invasion even began. But now prices are, are truly unaffordable for the average consumer in, in nearly every context. Fuel prices are one area that's uh, particularly problematic. So while fuel is actually subsidized by varying degrees uh, in the continent's largest economies, even subsidized prices are now uh, out of reach for average consumers. And, you know, if governments are going to increase subsidies, it means that other areas of spending will will likely suffer. And, and you know, we see that generally in, in places like education and infrastructure development. And one country in which this is uh, a particularly charged issue is in Nigeria. So uh, high, high fuel prices has, have historically driven unrest, which is um, actually part of the reason why current President Buhari uh, postponed the removal of Nigerian fuel subsidies until after his tenure is over, uh, so as to kind of kick the can down the road a little bit so that uh, he doesn't have to deal with the political and, and social fallout. Um, and I say that just to illustrate you know, how, how, uh, how much of an issue fuel prices are in the country. And this situation is is made worse by the ongoing gasoline and diesel shortage, which is a result uh, in part of a contaminated shipment uh, in, in February that entered supply lines, which then led to very long lines at gas pumps, as well as high rates of exclusion for the informal sector, uh, because basically they're, bo- they're boxed out of uh, or priced out of the market. Um, and we know in Nigeria, you know, millions are employed in the in the informal sector. So, you know, with with all of this going on, the shortage and high prices also impact Nigeria's power generation capacity um, because many households and, and businesses actually rely on diesel power generators due to the unreliability of public utilities. So, uh, you know, global commodity prices aren't happening in a vacuum. You can see in the Nigerian case how how exorbitant fuel prices have third and fourth, sometimes fifth degree implications that that are really raising the risk of unrest in a context like Nigeria. Well, there's a lot of downsides, uh, but of course, Africa is also an exporter of, of commodities. So are there any countries that could end up being, you know, at least uh, partial winners from this? Uh, are some of them that might be able to wipe out some of the losses that they're taking from their imports if their exports uh, are becoming more valuable? Yeah, that's a great question. So you know, of course, 
producers of of high value commodities will will benefit from these high prices. And and in Africa, we have uh, oil and gas exporters as well as um, mineral and extractive exporters, just as two examples. So um, in the in the oil context, Nigeria, Angola, Equatorial Guinea will certainly make revenue windfalls for crude oil exports. Uh, in South Africa, um, like it did in, in 2021, will will definitely gain increased revenue from uh, things like coal, platinum group metals, gold, iron ore, um, among other exports. Zambia and DRC are two that will that will cash in on on copper exports. Ghana will surely profit from from gold exports. The problem, though, is that while um, while these exports do lead to to increased revenue in the majority of these contexts, if if not all, um, revenue windfalls can't directly compensate for for consumer hardship. So, you know, in, in authoritarian contexts, export revenue may not actually ever make it to, to state coffers, while in states like South Africa, um, existing existing challenges like rampant inequality, um, a, a current unemployment rate that's over 30 percent require huge structural reforms to uh, sufficiently improve living conditions that, that are making these price hikes so difficult to deal with. So, you know, rarely do commodity exports directly benefit um, consumers in these contexts in the short term. Well, that sort of leads me to my next question here, which you know, consumers are, are going to be getting short uh, the, the short stick, so to speak, uh, when it comes to imports. Uh, and that may cause some people to be quite angry with their governments and, and how state budgets are managed. So, um, But in addition to that, we know, of course, that, that Russia was deploying mercenary forces across Africa. So I wanted to ask you, uh, how might both the impact of the, uh, the changing value of commodities, as well as Russia's potentially pulling out some of its mercenaries. How might that all impact the security dynamics in sub-Saharan Africa? Yeah, so it, it, it certainly will. <laughs> I think there are two things to focus on here um, in terms of security dynamics. The first is that human rights organizations um, have, have expressed widespread concern that international attention will be entirely diverted to Ukraine, which, um, you know, the worry is that that will leave very little appetite for aid or development projects in, in sub-Saharan Africa. And this is more of a, a medium-term implication as we look at the fallout from, from the war on Ukraine whenever it may end. Um, but I think we can expect significant international support for, for the people of Ukraine, which is, of course, understandable. But as we know, uh, budgets are limited. So um, the logical conclusion there is that is that other projects, many of which are, um, are in sub-Saharan Africa, will fall by the wayside. And this matters for, se for security because, um, you know, poverty, unemployment, lack of educational opportunities, uh, lack of upward mobility, these are all factors that make populations more vulnerable to conflict and insecurity. And, you know, while we may not see this relationship play out directly in the next, you know, two to three months, um, it's safe to say that abandoned development projects uh, aren't good for peace and security on the continent. And the second second point I'll make is that uh, that you that you actually uh, alluded or spoke on in your question is that Russia's invasion means that the Kremlin, um, in addition to the international community, will be less focused on its involvement in ongoing conflicts uh, in places like Sudan, the Central African Republic, and Mali. So you know I think the the case of Mali is. Um, perhaps one of the, the most obvious uh, places where the implications will play out. Um, 
you know, we have France with its ongoing withdrawal of troops and, and relocation to southern Niger, which, uh, you know, we're, we're worried, observers are worried, will leave a security void in, uh, in the central and northern part of the country that the Malian junta was planning, at least uh, partially accounting for with Russian paramilitary troops, especially um, in, in the north. So while it's not clear yet, what the implications are uh, for paramilitary fighters, specifically in Mali, Russian diversion of, of attention and, and likely resources from combating those insurgencies means that these Islamist groups like the Islamic State and JNIM will uh, very likely face less resistance. So this is leading to fears among regional governments uh, that North and Central Mali could easily become a safe haven uh, from which militants can launch attacks into neighboring countries. So in combination with the first trend I mentioned, um, less international focus on African conflicts, the combination of these two could be hugely detrimental to, to West African security. And that's just that's just one example of how this how this could play out. Well, the global impacts of the Russian invasion are certainly having a, a major changes in, in many regions, including sub-Saharan Africa. Um, thank you so much, Clara. Uh, for more geopolitical insight and intelligence, visit Rain Worldview at www.worldview.stratfor.com. I'm Ryan Bull. Thanks for listening.